Those of you who are still logging on, thanks for being on here this morning. And um, there's so many of us on this call this morning that could probably say a lot of things about um, our dear brother, Gordon Polly. And um, so this morning, I'm asking uh, Kelly Monahan to um, intro Gordon before he shares with us. So again, Gordon, thanks for being on here. Um, we love you, and uh, we're, we're, we're glad that you... Uh, get to share your heart with us this morning. So go ahead, Kelly. Morning, guys. Gordon and I have known each other for, gosh, I think 40 years. We go back a long way. Um, it's an honor for me to call him my, my dearest friend. Um, he has taught me so much in my walk of life. He is certainly a follower of Christ. He, he's an abider. He lives it out. Um, he's a faithful and loving husband to his adorable wife, Colleen, uh, and a devoted father to his two sons and um, loving to his granddaughter, little Andy. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to, to say, to describe Gordon in such a short period of time. Um, he's the one that got me into the journey many, many years ago. Frankly, I was very hesitant, but it was his his persistence and his um, faithfulness that led me to do that. And I can, I can certainly attest to it, and I know many of you know that it changed my life. It prepared me for a trial. And Gordon himself has recently gone through a tremendous trial. And, and I know it's his faith that has allowed him to rejoice, to persevere, and maintain his character as a follower of Christ. And so Gordon, man, I love you. Um, I'm excited to hear from you because I know your words are going to move every man that's listening here this morning. Love you, brother. Thanks. Thank you, Kelly. Love you too. Thanks, men. Um, thanks, Nick, for your uh, worship. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping my head above the water. Um, it's a privilege and an honor to be with you guys today and to speak to you. Um, the theme for this year and, and men who are speaking here at the anchor is, is what the journey means to me. And so I'm going to, um, discuss what the journey means to me. And, um, there may be a few men on the line. I know most of you are familiar with the journey. Um, but there may be a few men on the call today that aren't familiar with the journey. So, um, think it's important to just say, what is the journey? Um, it's a discipleship process that was designed for men. It's a uh, nine-month discipleship process that men experience um, in an effort to become closer to their, our Heavenly Father, to learn what it means to abide with our Heavenly Father. It um, is normally experienced in a group of eight, 10, 12 men. So it becomes pretty intimate, um, pretty personal. You get um, some great relationships over the nine month period that we're together. Um, 
this book, Journey to the Inner Chamber, written by a gentleman out of Northwest Arkansas by Rocky Fleming, started it all. And uh, Rocky took it and, and developed this nine-month process and curriculum to go along with it. And it's, its core scripture is John 15, which Jesus taught to his disciples shortly before he went to the cross. And taught his disciples the importance of abiding. He talked about the vine and the branches. And Jesus told us, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And he said, cut off from me, you can't do anything. But if we are attached to the vine, we can bear fruit. And we can bear fruit for God's kingdom. And, and that's what the journey is about, is helping men and enabling them and equipping them to bear fruit. So again, it's my privilege to speak to you today. I'm going to share some of my own testimonial today with you guys about how God has been at work in my life. Um, you know, when you think about it, we all have a testimonial about how God has worked in each of our lives. We all have our own story to tell others, and I encourage you to think about and consider what's your story, what's your testimonial, so that whenever you have the opportunity to speak to somebody about what God has done in your life, that you can share that with them, that you can let the Holy Spirit be at work in you, and that you would do it fearlessly. Um, so let me begin by sharing with you a little bit um, about my upbringing. Um, in many ways, it was a normal upbringing, um, middle class, a lot like the movie Sandlot. For those of you who um, watched the movie, have seen the movie Sandlot, um, you know, me and my buddies, whenever I was a kid, we'd go out and we'd just go out and play all day long. Didn't have to worry about anything. Um, really, the biggest concern that people had about us was the stuff that we were getting into and the trouble that we were doing. Um, wasn't much trouble out there. Um, so it was very normal um, upbringing. We had a weekly routine in our home with my two older brothers and my younger sister, um, which included being in church every Sunday for Sunday school and for worship. Um, I've never not known God being in my life. And that's a tremendous gift from him and blessing. He's um, always been there. But there was one thing me and my family didn't have. Um, and that was a father. See, my father uh, was more interested in doing his own thing, um, which included womanizing. Um, he didn't take his marriage vows the way that he should have. And he was more interested in his own thing than he was in his family. So in 1963, when it was um, very unusual, my mom kicked my dad out. She said, I've had enough. And she divorced him. And so there she was in 1963 with four children to raise. 
he left and he didn't look back. Never really knew my father. And the weekly routine that I mentioned that included Sunday, every, every Sunday morning going to church, that was because of my mom. Um, the education me and my siblings received was because of my mom. The faith that was instilled in me at a young age, that was because of my mom. But I want to share with you this morning that what the journey means to me is fatherhood. Let me explain that a little bit further. See, the journey helped me to understand that even though I didn't have a heavenly, uh, earthly father, that I have a heavenly father, a heavenly father who loves me. Jesus um, referred to our heavenly father, his father, in a couple of instances as Abba, father. That term Abba, it's an Aramaic word, and it means more than just a father. It means that there's a personal, intimate relationship there. That's what I needed. I needed to know there was a father who loved me. And the journey tells us and teaches us that we have a heavenly father who cares about us, who knows us, who's able and who's willing to be there for us in our time of need. And we can have that personal, intimate relationship with God, with our Heavenly Father, just like Jesus did, just like Jesus does. But we need to abide with Him. And that's what the journey encourages, is an abiding relationship. Paul wrote in his letter to the Galatians in chapter four, verses six and seven, he says, because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Um, you know, let me go back and look at that a little bit more. First of all, Paul tells us we are sons. And that that spirit who calls out Abba Father is in us. And gives us the opportunity to have a relationship, that personal, intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. And he says, since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Men, we are an heir to the riches of heaven, to the riches of what Christ has to offer. It's ours, Father. It's ours, men. We just need to embrace it. We need to walk in it. We need to abide in it. So the journey means to me fatherhood and helps me understand my heavenly Father and the relationship that is available to me with my Heavenly Father. But the journey also calls me to be the best father I can be. 
for those of you who are a father or hope to be one someday, or maybe you're a grandfather, the journey calls us men to serve our families as a husband and a father. See, we've got a problem in our society. Um, men have been lied to over the last 30 years. They've been told that they don't matter. They've been told that they aren't needed in a family. That we can have families without fathers. At the time, my mother divorced my father back in 1963. 5% of children born in this country were born into a single parent family. Today, that number men is 42%. We've got an issue going on in society where men need to step up and be the fathers that they have been called to be to embrace our God-given role as fathers, grandfathers, husbands, and sons of God. That's what the journey helps men and equips men to do through an abiding, intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. So for me, one of the things that the journey means is fatherhood. Um, let me move over most of my life, skip over most of it. Um, but I'd call my life LTD. It's been living the dream. I'm sure there are hard times of life that I've experienced, hard times that confront us all to varying degrees. But I have a wife of 36 years and a loving marriage. Got two adult sons, a daughter-in-law, a granddaughter now, and possibly another daughter-in-law in the not too distant future. Um, I have my dream job. I'm living the dream. But as many of you know, um, things turned upside down for me and my family on May 10th of this year. Um, I experienced a dissection of my aortic valve, of my aorta, not just the valve, but my aorta, my ascending and descending aorta. The aorta is the um, main artery out of the heart that carries blood to the brain, carries blood to the rest of your body. And suddenly, just as a bolt of lightning, my aorta dissected. In many cases, whenever that happens, it's fatal. Men don't even make it to the hospital. And we spent a couple of hours deciding whether or not it was necessary to go to the hospital, but I went to the hospital on a Saturday evening, laid in the hospital bed throughout that night, not knowing what was going on. And then that next morning, that Sunday morning, which happened to be Mother's Day, May 10th. I was told with my family on the phone um, that I needed emergency open heart bypass surgery. 
our world was turned upside down. They immediately transferred me and within an hour, I was from Hillcrest South here in Tulsa to the main hospital in the Oklahoma Heart Institute. And as soon as I arrived at the hospital, they immediately began prepping me for surgery. And within 15, 20 minutes, I'm in the operating room and we're getting ready to do this. Didn't have a lot of time to think about it. And I told those in the operating room, I said, I guess God's not done with me yet. I made it here. I'll make it through the surgery. And I look forward to what God has for me. Made it through the surgery, spent the next seven days in ICU, recovering during the COVID lockdown, and came home on May 17th. I've been told by many people that making it to the surgery, making it through the seven hour surgery with a heart bypass, and my recovery is nothing short of a miracle. And you know what, man, I agree. It's all nothing short of a miracle. And I knew there were people praying for me. But what I didn't fully realize until I got home and had an opportunity to process it was how the body of Christ had come together to battle for me as I was fighting for my life. And this body of Christ included my journey brothers. They prayed fervently for me. They encouraged me in my recovery. I want to share a couple of text messages that I received from some brothers, one that I received the day after my surgery from our uh, dear brother, Chris Hislop, Barnabas, man, the encourager. Chris texted me, Jesus is the healer. Hundreds and hundreds of people praying. It is my understanding you woke up and to that be to the glory of God. Yesterday was a day of prayer for you and your family. Today it will be again. Thanks, brother. Thank you, Chris, for being there for me. I have another text I want to share. It says, Gordon, my brother, know that you are loved beyond measure and that our God has got you in the palm of his hand. Your influencers, family of prayer warriors, are with you and your family every step of the way. Rest well, allow his peace and healing to be over you, and we look forward to seeing you back in full restored health. Love you, my brother, here for you, Frank Khalil. I had Journey Brothers praying for me. My Journey brother, Greg Swan, he and his family were the first to bring food over for my family that day after my surgery. So my question is for each of you, do you have a band of brothers who are ready to go into battle for you 
at a moment's notice. Every man who has been through the journey will tell you they have a brotherhood of men whom they can depend on in their time of need. And so to me, the journey means brotherhood. I have brothers who are ready to go fight for me and ready to get ready to go to battle. So journey means fatherhood. It means brotherhood. But the journey also means a call and a challenge. See, men, here's the bottom line. To every man who's been through the journey, there's a challenge and a call. What do you do with your life, with your life's experiences, with your journey experience? The journey and I believe God calls us to be what the journey refers to as influencers. We're to be influencers to the world around us. I think it's important to first of all realize that in the world around us, there's a battle going on. It's a battle between good and evil. We don't have to look far to see the evil that's taking place in this world. And God tells us that in addition to the battle that's going on in this world, there's a battle that's going on in the spiritual realm in the heavenly bodies between good and evil. If you have a Bible close to you, if you have your phone and can turn to the scriptures, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. There's a couple of places in there, and in that chapter in particular, Paul writes about the armor of God and equipping ourselves with the armor of God. But before he tells us about the armor of God, he tells us in Ephesians 6, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul has told us there's this battle that's taking place. And so the challenge and the call to us as influencers is to enter the battle, not to be on the sidelines. Here again, men, we've been lied to for years that it's okay to sit on the sidelines. It's not. We need to enter the battle. And reading further in Ephesians, verses 14 through 17 of chapter 6, Paul tells us how we should equip ourselves. We should equip ourselves with the full armor of God. He talks about those things such as the belt of truth buckled around our waist, the breastplate of righteousness, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace fitted to our feet, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, 
and the sword of the spirit. These are the things that we should equip ourselves with, men. And it's interesting after Paul talks about these things that equip us, the armor of God, he says in verse 19, pray also for me that whatever, whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Here's Paul, the great apostle. And he's asking for people to pray fear so that he would not have fear. That's what that brotherhood, that band of brothers does for each other. We lift each other up so we can overcome fear, so that we can be equipped, so that we can go into battle. I want to close with a, an excerpt from a blog that Rocky Fleming, the man who began Influencers, wrote about a week ago. It was titled Spiritual War. And Rocky wrote in this blog, every one of you has the potential to be a great warrior for Christ and to make a big difference to your world around you. It could be in your home, your family, your marriage, your neighborhood, your church, and many of your other relationships. You do not have to be a superman or superwoman to be this person. You simply need to be God's child. Embrace your identity and position. Wrap his armor around you and become the dangerous spiritual warrior God has formed you to be by living in close proximity with Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? And Rocky goes on to say, you might not believe it right now, but Jesus has put Satan and his minions on the run. And it is time that we follow his work up on the cross and the empty tomb by claiming holy ground in our King's name. So men, what the journey means to me is brotherhood. It's fatherhood. And it's also a call to each of us to enter the battle, to equip ourselves and to do the King's work. Um, let me close in prayer, men. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the blessings that are ours, Father, in this opportunity to continue to come together with the anchor we thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit, and we pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work in each of our lives to encourage us, to equip us, and to help us see the battles that you want us to fight, the neighbor that we need to reach out to, the coworker, the family member. Father, help us and equip us 
We pray that your will would be done through influencers. We pray that your will would be done with influencers here in Tulsa and throughout the world. And we pray that you would be at work in us and through us, Father, in a mighty way. And that we would answer the call in each of our lives. We thank you, Father, and we praise you. And I thank you, Father, for this day and this opportunity to speak to these men. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Gordon, um, there's not much we can say other than thank you. Um, thank you for that God message you gave us this morning. And guys, this morning um, goes without saying <clears throat> how crystal clear God's message is to every single one of us on this call. This is bigger than what you and I can see. And the reality of what the Lord shared to us through our brother Gordon this morning is simply this. There are some of you on the call this morning that you have not embraced your full true identity and who Christ made you to be. There are some of us on this call that we're still living a life with daddy wounds. Daddy wounds. That's what Gordon was talking about. If you don't understand who your father is, you've got some daddy wounds that you need to deal with. And our Abba Father is our daddy regardless of your daddy wounds. And we need to be men who are willing to embrace that. It is not too late. It is not too late. Because the reality is, as I look at my brother Gordon this morning, here's one thing I've learned from him. The next moment, the next hour is not promised to either me or any of us on this call. What are you going to do about that? Maybe today is the day, and we say this every Friday. If you're on this call this morning, and you need brothers to hold you up, you're looking at them. If you're on this call this morning and you are struggling, you have no clue how you're going to take your next breath, regardless to what circumstance you're in. You have brothers in Christ on this call who will hold you up. So before you click, out, quit on this call. I'm going to challenge you to stay on the call for a time of prayer. This is the time that you get to abandon self and say, here I am, Lord, have your way. So Gordon, thank you so much, brother, for um, those words. Um, there's, there are no words to describe how grateful we are for the miracle that God did in your life. And I know you know how much you're loved. It's beyond measures. Not only by us, but by your heavenly daddy. And it's evident because of your life and who you are. So thanks for being here on this morning, guys. And um, we'll be back next Friday for a time of prayer and worship. And uh, please stay on the call and uh, be willing to pray with some brothers this morning. God bless you. Thanks for being on here. And uh, we'll see you next Friday.
abide with me.